What up, world? It's your past first point guard and Blazer beat writer Mike Richmond. You're listening to another episode of Locked On Blazers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, available wherever you get podcasts. Today's show, we're going to talk about Carmelo Anthony wanting to retire in Portland, the Blazers playing maybe their best basketball of the season, and a Zach Collins sighting out on the basketball court. But let's start with the biggest news of the day, the headline-grabbing quote from Carmelo Anthony, who told Kerry Eggers of the Portland Tribune, and I quote, I'm happy. I like the group a lot. When I came in, it was like a welcome party. I come in, and it's thank you for coming from everybody. The coaches have been phenomenal with me. We talk almost every day about things I could do to help out with the team, with young players, things I need to be doing. I've been on board with everyone and everything from day one. And that positive energy led Carmelo Anthony to saying this. And this is the big one, folks. This is the one that will be after the colon in the headlines. I would love to stay, Carmelo Anthony said. I feel like this is the place for me to end my career. It could have happened earlier, but it didn't. Now where I'm at in my life and my career, this is where I want to retire. Ooh, Carmelo Anthony saying something that he kind of already said earlier in an Interview with Jason Quick of The Athletic, Carmelo Anthony said that he was open to returning to the Blazers. That was a couple months ago. And I don't think it grabbed headlines at the time. Like, I think people saw it and said, okay, yeah, he, he's, he's open to returning. He's be, he'd be into it. He's, he's excited about it. He's enjoying his time here. But I think this was... It, Kerry Eggers of the Portland Tribune really nailed it down. He really got this. This is the the most, the hardest, most direct quote of him saying, of, of Carmelo saying, I want to be here. I could see myself staying here. And now I was at the Blazer game tonight. And so I asked uh, Kerry kind of how that interaction came. And, and Kerry said, I didn't press him. He just came out and said it. It's kind of thing like, what do you think? What do you like about about Portland what do you do you feel like you could be here and Mello who I have found to be a wonderful and honest interview came out with a strong answer about enjoying Portland and wanting to retire here now I am not this podcast is not about just giving you reading you quotes that other reporters have given I want to provide a little context to this quote because I think I owe you that and I think it's important and I think what is interesting is how it all works could Carmelo come back? That's the question. He wants to come back, but could he? And the answer is yes. He's on a minimum contract, so the Blazers can't offer him this massive raise. But I don't think his market out there is much larger than the minimum. What they could offer him is, I, I believe, a 125% raise. Maybe people a little more well-versed in the CBA than me could, could know this. But I believe it's they could basically offer him a little more than the minimum. Slightly more than the minimum. But he's his market out there is probably, is probably you know, he's going to be 35, 36 years old. So his market out there is probably a minimum salary. But I also think he wants a starting role. And I, I think 
somewhere, if he wants to make a little bit more money, obviously he's going to go somewhere else. Uh, conceivably, he could find that. But I think what's more important, and Melo has made a ton of money in his career. I don't think, I think maybe being offered more than the minimum might mean something to him because I do think, um, not sort of like I want all these commas in my paycheck, but the the difference in playing for a slightly above the minimum minimum salary means a small thing to these guys just as a status thing. Um, so I think there's there could be some incentive for him to there to go get a larger contract, but I don't think that's a big driving factor. I want to say that's fairly minimal. Minimal, minimum, maybe I'm using that word too much. But in any case, I don't think it's a big driving factor. I think the biggest driving factor would be Carmelo Anthony's role. And I think one of the reasons maybe that he wasn't in the NBA for those 10 months that he wasn't in the NBA was because he wanted a role like he has with the Blazers. He wanted to start. He wanted real minutes. He wanted to be part of the plan and always part of the plan. And what the Blazers offered him, where their season took them based on a poorly constructed roster and a bunch of injuries, was that they needed a power forward immediately who could help and play big minutes every night. So there's a role right now for Carmelo Anthony, which I think is part of what he likes. But next year, there might not be a role. Uh, Neil Olshay is on the record saying that he wants Zach Collins to start next year, start alongside Yusuf Nurkic. Both of those gentlemen are hurt now, so obviously that is a hypothetical. But, and I'll talk about this later in the show, that Collins is going to be healthy by next year. He's, I mean, he's close now. He's, he's you know, a six weeks away from playing basketball again or NBA, you know, high level NBA basketball again. Um, so whether Carmelo Anthony would stomach a situation where he comes back and backs up Zach Collins is another question. I think that's a big one. But one of the things I do think is working in the Blazers' favor. Like, if the choice is, do I back up Zach Collins or do I back up LeBron James? I think we all know that there's a more palatable choice out there. But if it's the question is, if, if that's not on the table and it's the question, do I continue to stay in a place where I'm comfortable and I enjoy the, the culture and things like that, or do I go try to find a starting spot where maybe I'm not as comfortable. I think Portland has a leg up there. But I think the other area where the Blazers really have a leg up is that Terry Stotts has let Carmelo Anthony be Carmelo Anthony. And I think this is the key one for me. He has not said, hey, you're going to stand post up in the, and, or you're going to post in the corner and just take spot up threes and you're going to, you're going to be this limited player. Terry Stotts has said, hey, Mello, what do you want to do? And he's like, I want to post up on the right side of the floor. Cool. We'll, do, we'll use 20% of our plays letting you post up in isolation on the, on the right side. I mean, the, the Stotts, one of, he has some weaknesses as a coach, but I think one of his real strengths is saying, what are you good at? Why don't we let you do that? So he has let Mello be Mello. And I think that is a real, a real, that could be a real value when Carmelo Anthony is making his decision. Is that in this, the way that Terry Stotts has used him, he said, the things that you want to do on offense, the things that naturally come to you when you, you know, a million jab steps, posts up, fadeaways, cool. You want to do those? ISO offense, we're not, we are not afraid of ISO mellow. We're not afraid of it at all. So I think there's some factors in both directions. I think financially, the there isn't going to be a, a ton of competition based on what the Blazers can ask. I think role-wise, there could be some competition. I think that's the big factor. But I think in terms of fit, in terms of coaching style, the Blazers have a leg up. 
So could Melo eventually... Re- I, I didn't think it was a, a great reality that Melo would re-sign here. But now I'm starting to think, based on the strong comment he gave on the record, he seems to be, in my interaction with him, someone who's very honest. I think there's a real chance. Um, it might be a coin flip based on where the Blazers finish and, and what other options are out there. Because uh, Melo has kind of proved that he could be valuable, but or at least valuable in a specific, do specific things. Score at with relative efficiency in one-on-one. But I mean, he can, like, he seems like he can play in the league from what I watched night in and night out. I think, I think there's a, there's a decent chance he could be back in Portland. So if you've enjoyed the Carmelo Anthony experience, I wouldn't say it's set in stone that he returns, but I think there's certainly a good chance. Second segment, I want to talk about the rest of the Blazers. They're playing really well right now. I would argue this is the best we've seen them play all year long. But before we get there, I want to tell you guys about my bookie. We're heading into the big game this weekend. And my bookie is the place for you because they let you turn all your sports knowledge, your football knowledge, into cash in your wallet. Between the Super Bowl the NBA, and the college basketball season, it's time to get off the sideline and get in on the action with my bookie. If you're the kind of person who likes to bet a little and win a lot, try a parlay. For instance, you like a couple big favorites this week, parlays are perfect because they let you bet multiple games together for a much bigger payout. So if you're going to bet this season, do the smart thing and go to mybookie.ag because no one gives you more ways to win. If you join right now, my bookie will match your deposit halfway all the way up to $1,000. That means if you deposit $2,000, you get an extra $1,000 in free money. Just enter the promo code LOCKEDONMBA to activate the offer. Once again, that's promo code LOCKEDONMBA, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N-N-B-A, to take advantage of my bookie's generous sign-up offer. Visit mybookie.ag today. You play, you win, you get paid. All right, we talked Carmelo Anthony. He could be back. I think it's realistic that he could be back. And I laid out the factors and why he might choose to leave and why he might be back with the Blazers next season. But now I want to talk about the team as a whole. Tonight they beat the Houston Rockets. And if you've listened to the show before, you know that I'm, I kind of shy away from doing game recaps. Uh, I figure if you listen to this podcast, you probably follow the team pretty closely. And if nothing else, you check the box score, you know if they won or lost. So you don't need me to go through quarter by quarter, play by play, whatever. But I do want to touch on a larger trend. And I've talked about this on earlier episodes this week, but the Damian Lord is playing the best basketball of his career right now. He had uh, his first career triple-double. And this is supposed to be big news. I think it is big news if you're into sort of like statistical symmetry. Um, it's fun that he did it against Russell Westbrook. It's fun that he did it in a win. It is... If there hadn't been this strong Carmel Anthony quote, it would have led the podcast. Straight up. 
<laughs> I would have I would have dropped it in the first segment. I would have talked about all about Damian Lillard's triple double real quick. Damian Lillard's had 18 games in his career where he's had double digit points and at least eight rebounds and eight assists. And he doesn't he hasn't chased the triple double in the past. There's been times where he's there's one there's one game out of those 18 where he was an assist shy. He could have just chased it gotten that last assist he really he, he could have gotten it but he has this sort of weird pride thing about not cheating it tonight uh he got a controlled tap rebound for his 10th rebound um he was certainly going to get it and his teammates were encouraging him uh he downplayed the idea that it was mattered against russell westbrook he said it was more important that they got it in the win but i think it was important to him and you know 36 10 and 11 uh that comes off him winning NBA Player of the Week. He's been on a absolute tear. He's been as good as we've ever seen him. He is the best point guard in the NBA right now. He was fantastic. And the Blazers played a really good game outside of him. I'm not going to do heavy recap stuff, but they held, they held James Harden to 18 points. It's well below his average. He's averaging 36 points per game against the rest of the league. He's averaging 22 points per game against the Blazers. That's pretty impressive. But what strikes me is that the Blazers are playing their best basketball because the roster makes more sense. Trevor Ariza helps them do so many things. He had 21 points tonight. His second game his second 21 point outing in three games with the Blazers. His size and decision making on the wing has really helped. He's just someone who knows how to play. Um, he does a lot of less dumb stuff than Kent Bazemore, and he's a, he's small forward size. That's really valuable. Um, Hassan Whiteside was good tonight. CJ McCollum wasn't great, but was good enough tonight. Uh, the Blazers are starting to get real contributions from Gary Trent Jr. I thought he was... He had 10 points off the bench, and he just, over the last 10 days, maybe five games or so, he just kind of looks like someone who can play. He's shooting over 40% from three over those last five games. Uh, he's If you play with this group, you play with Damon CJ, and you're a spot-up shooter, you're going to get opportunities to knock shots down. Uh, I thought in the second half, particularly one, maybe two, but one wide open in the corner that he could have canned. Um, and he missed, so he could have had an even better game than he did. But uh, he's he just looks like a, a basketball player. He's the Blazers' best second-year guard right now. He's better than Anthony Simons. Simons only played 10 minutes. Gary Trent played 26 against the Rockets. This is coming off their best Blazers' best offensive performance of the season against the Indiana Pacers, where they were just really sharp, and Dame was fantastic. You know, they lost the game to the Dallas Mavericks on Thursday, but their offense was really sharp that night. They couldn't slow down Luka. They couldn't really slow down the Mavericks, period, because they're not a good defensive team. But their offense was really sharp that game. <laughs> they're 8-17 and 17 over the last 15 games, the Blazers are, which doesn't, on most seasons, doesn't sound good. For who they are as a team and where they are in the West and what the eighth seed in the West is, Blazers are 21 and 27. 
But if they could be a slightly above 500 team, they're pretty much a lock for the playoffs. Um, it's going to be a steep climb to end up like a 43-win team on the year. I think that's probably unlikely. I think this is more like a 38 or 39-win team on the year, which probably doesn't totally rule them out for making the playoffs at 39 wins. But if they play like they've played since they've added Trevor Ariza and the three games have added Trevor Ariza, I think they're going to have a much better chance. The roster makes sense. They have a starting five that is good. And for this team with his limited depth, having five players that make sense and can play together against basically any lineup in the league is really important. Obviously, being thin is going to hurt them. Caleb Swanigan as a backup center is kind of a mess. Nazir Little as your backup power forward is not a great option. Anthony Simons has struggled a little bit as as a reserve, but but this team having depth issues isn't anything new. This team having a starting five that is that is useful that that makes sense together I don't think they've had that since Rodney Hood towards Achilles having a real small forward someone who's the right size and has some defensive versatility and can shoot like Trevor Ariza um, obviously his tiny little sample size uh, I don't think he enjoyed his time in Sacramento and I think that kind of played out in his production uh, I mentioned when they first signed him that the handful of times I watched him play for the Kings I thought he was terrible I'm starting to think that might have had something to do with the Kings and less to do with Trevor Ariza he looks good with the Blazers and he does a bunch of good stuff I think it's a useful, he's a really useful fit in a lot of different ways. And this is as well as they've played. And after the game, I went into the locker room and I kind of asked them all that. I asked Terry Stotts, is this the best you guys have played? I asked Damian Lillard, is it the best you guys have played? I asked CJ, I asked Trevor Ariza, I asked Carmelo Anthony. Everyone I spoke to, I asked them the same question. Is this as good as you guys have looked? Because in my, just from watching them, yeah, this stretch is as good as they've looked. Um, that includes Damian Lillard kind of dragging the Blazers across the finish line against the worst team in the Western Conference, the Golden State Warriors. But listen, we're, we're narrowing the scope to be positive about the Blazers. And I think over the last, particularly the last two games, and maybe the last three, is that they've, they've, been right there with good teams. And when I asked those guys, they were very cautious. Only Damian Lillard, the relentless optimist, said, yeah, and I think we're playing a brand of basketball we can sustain. The other guys, Mello and Stotts and, and CJ, were very cautious cautious to say, who knows? Or we'll get there. Or we'll figure it out. Or we're doing, we're, you know, you can't, Basically, you can't tell if you've turned the corner until the end of the year when you figure out where the corners are. And the Blazers have reason to be cautious. They haven't been good all year. Winning two games in a row is not all that important. Being 21 and 27 is not all that remarkable. They're heading into a really tough stretch. The Lakers, the Jazz, the Nuggets in their next three games. They could be staring at they could play well and be staring at a three-game losing streak. 21 and 30 pretty quickly just because these this is a tough stretch of the season i'm not here to make predictions the same way i'm not here to give you full game recaps but i will say i think this is the blazers the best the blazers have played and i kind of think they know it we'll see though judge the corners at the end of the season right third segment i want to come back and close the show with giving you a, a minor health update Zach Collins was back on the court tonight. I want to give you a little update on the big man's health. 
All right, still Lockdown Blazers, still Mike Richmond, still past first point guard. We talked Carmelo Anthony wanting to re-sign in Portland. We talked a little bit about Damon Lowe's triple-double when the Blazers playing the best basketball they have all season. Now to close the show, a mini health update. Prior to each of the last two home games, Blazers big man Zach Collins has gone out for a pregame warm-up that has included what appears to me to be a normal shooting routine. Now, he suffered a dislocation of his left shoulder, his non-shooting shoulder. He had surgery on that non-shooting shoulder. So seeing him put shots up, he's doing it with the non-surgically repaired shoulder. It's This isn't some like huge breakthrough, oh my gosh, his, his shoulder's back, his arm's back. But it is important that he's He's on the court and going through relatively normal pregame warm-ups. Uh, for instance, Yusuf Nurkic, who's back uh, practicing a little bit with the Blazers and has yet to speak with the media, and that's its own uh, its own thing, but we'll, we'll talk about that one another day. Um, Zach is back, you know, in these sort of publicly facing workouts, these these non-hidden workouts as he as he slowly gets his way back. Now, the timeline for him to be quote-unquote reevaluated is early March, and he has said he's targeting those March returns, and he told Jason Quick of The Athletic, they're going to have to tell me not to play. Now, part of me thinks that at some point, someone with the Blazers might tell Zach Collins not to play. But if the Blazers are in the mix, they could certainly use Collins and bring him back for the final four or five weeks of the regular season. This would be a big deal. He would be a a massive addition if he's fully healthy, and I think he certainly wants to give it a go. This was supposed to be a big year for him. He doesn't want this to be a completely lost year. He would love to help this team make a playoff push. So he got out there prior to the game against the Rockets and got some shots up, got sweaty, um, Went through a pretty normal shooting, shooting regular shooting routine. Guys don't go nuts pregame in the NBA, but he, but Zach went out there and got shots up, did stuff, and in the locker room afterwards, I kind of asked him where he's at. He told me that he had had no setbacks since he started on court work. He said that he is not yet lifting weights. He can't do strength training lifting weights yet with his shoulder. He's just doing little plyometric stuff where he uses like a band to stretch out the shoulder and things like that. He hopes to incorporate weights in the near future, but for right now, as he nears it, we're, depending on when you listen to the show, it's either the last day of January, second to last day of January, excuse me, or early February if you waited to the weekend. But in any case, I'm getting lost in the semantics. We're like a month away from him, them really talking about Zach Collins playing NBA basketball. And this is just the first step, and we're just seeing it. And I think he's pretty positive. I think it's hard for him to be patient. That's my um, my read on just talking with him, is that I think it's difficult for him to be patient. But I think this is good news. I think seeing him out on the court is good news. The Blazers wouldn't bring him out. They wouldn't let him go out on the court and... and uh, get shots up in front of media members. And it's not just media members. By the time he's out there, the the arena is open. Like any fans can come in, could come in and, and watch him get shots up. So um, this is just a, a totally publicly facing, publicly uh, public workout that he's going through. It's, it's nothing crazy, but it's basketball stuff. And seeing Zach Collins, who's been away from basketball stuff for so long, do those type of things is a big deal. I think it's a good sign. It's not a sign that he's that he's way ahead of schedule or anything like that, but he's a sign that he's on the schedule they want him to be. 
his return could happen this season and that when he says he wants to play in March, I think it's a realistic option. That's going to do it for today's show. Appreciate you all listening. If you have a friend who likes the Blazers, tell them about this podcast. Tell them they can find it wherever they already get podcasts. Google, Apple, Stitcher, Spotify, any other podcatchers out there, Overcast, anything. Search Locked On Blazers on your favorite podcatcher. You'll find it. I promise. Appreciate you listening. Talk to you soon.